Howdy, folks. Text the Black Pants Legion, and we're going to end the year out by answering a shitload of questions because we are way behind on everything. We try to do way too fucking much, but you would expect nothing less. To my left, Mr. Goat, hi. Hi there. To my right, Mr. Mike, hi. Hello. Further to the right on the map in Denmark, hat of Denmark and leader of Canium, hi. Good day. And the voice of Solano Lopez himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Hutz Fandango. You shall not insult Solano Lopez. All right. So now that now that that's good. Now that that's let's, done. Let's answer some questions and we're sorry, but we're way behind. I don't even have time to read all my email. I apologize. No, that's quite all right, man. We got we overwhelmed. Got... I'm trying to answer all of them. All right. Well. We'll start with the Battletech questions because we just came hot off of uh, the Charger. The Charger. Oh, good. Here we go. So let's check out this one. Is Battletech sci-fi and cassette futurism computers? Hey there, people of the VPL podcast. I wanted to ask about what you think the various tech levels of cockpits and equipment would be like in the Battletech universe, ranging from the shittiest periphery computer to top-of-the-line SLDF sensors. Well, on the subject, what are some of your guys' favorite examples of retro or cassette futurism in sci-fi? That's all. Thanks. Uh, the best cassette futurism in sci-fi, I think, is probably going to be Blade Runner and Alien. Those two pretty much nail it for me in terms of aesthetic for cassette futurism. What about video games or tabletop? Uh, video games vary because that's a lot with weird artistic vision, but if you want to actually look at a game that nails the aesthetic, uh, Alien Isolation, again, cassette futurism, everything that you have to interact with is hard overrides, um, it's all analog or damn near analog sorts of interactions with things. Using a computer feels like you're dealing with an archaic blind idiot god <laughs> it's it's a very interesting button intensive universe with very bright phosphor screens yeah um as far as what the cockpits would look like i i imagine that they would look much like the range of any aircraft that have probably been like in a b-52 because that's well, what everyone does that's <laughs> no i i think that if you look at something like the 737 which first flew in the 60s which still flies today it would be like looking at those cockpits that over the course of 50 years have gone from just analog to digital, still the same controls. Just it went from switches to smart buttons or whatever. But So that's cassette futurism. Is that is that like 80s tech where it's like cassettes and VHS and watch the movie Alien, Betamax, all that watch, stuff. Watch the movie Alien. All their computer interactions are interactions with technology. Cassette futurism. What about you guys? Tank Knights. This, I, I like it's okay that's schizo tech not cassette futurism but yeah, I, that's, I like schizo, that's more caves of cud i like caves schi- of cud yeah, yeah i like i didn't like caves of cud that much but yeah i like the schizo tech for tabletop i we made and only where we made uh the 10th monoras enki dues where they're a bunch of like sumerian barbarians so they get bows but they have explosive arrowheads oh my god it's broken as shit if you use if you put them against like hordes anyway schizo tech is cool um yeah, um, I would say, I mean, this, I mean, I guess it strictly isn't cassette futurism, but it has some of the same elements like uh, in Fallout and um, Adam Punk also. Yeah, exactly. Original Fallout. Original Fa- I agree. Original Fallout one and two are cassette futurism. However, three yeah. th- and onward, Adam Punk. Right. No, you're right about that. There's some. There's a style change there, but but in terms, it's for me, it's that whole thing about that you you in some sense get 
hyper advanced power effect technology, but behind the layout of something that belongs in the 80s. And there's just something about that that's very appealing. And that Fallout does that for me. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of funny to think that we are kind of living like a set futurism of sorts. Because if I recall correctly, um, weren't they still using in some nuclear silos floppy disks for the launch yeah. codes because they can't be hacked? So I can imagine, you know, the, this Battletech-like future where people have spaceships and giant death machines well, that, I are, mean, that are automated and ready to kill, I, but I had heard, using floppies for the launch codes. I had heard, I had heard that at the end of the space shuttle program, they were having to go out and cannibalize ATM machines for the boards and processors in them to fix the space shuttle computers. <laughs> I had heard that as a rumor because they needed, you know, uh, processors of a certain era or what have you. I'm not sure if that was true, but it does kind of evoke that even if that is apocryphal, that does somewhat evoke that idea of it. I can see like a periphery planet where it's like they're, they have like an ATM machine factory and like they assemble the ATMs, but their primary use is to then be disassembled and the certain parts get exported to another world so they can run their tractors or whatever. I, I, I could see that in the periphery. I could see a place that has ATMs that are not actually like you'd have a company that says, Oh, we make um, HVAC controllers to control HVAC systems. And so they, they do that. They technically are, but if you take certain boards out of it and put it in something else, it's actually an Artemis four fire control. system. Yeah. <laughs> so they do that to get around an embargo. The controls are still like thermal that controls yeah yeah but it's it's an embargo you know measure be like no no it's machine parts why do you have ten thousand thermostats coming to your planet Uh, look we really like to be cozy it's really really, yeah we're big about comfort here temperatures go everywhere on this planet you have to understand oh all right we're tired of dressing in layers you know yeah, no, I just imagine yeah. like lost tech miners, you know, finding like a <laughs> server rack full of mining GPUs and they use that to power a small laser. <laughs> I imagine RTX on. I, 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 I frequently, I frequently imagine what it must be like to be like a future archaeologist, like going through things and coming through stuff. Because imagine if in the Battletech universe, imagine if in like 3025, an archaeologist found a server rack from ancient Terra. And imagine it's like one of the server racks for 4chan. And that's all God. they have. That's all they have. They're like, this is from about 2007 th- era this is 4chan. About, yeah, this is from about two, the, the first decade, I think. Of the third of millennium. The first decade, I would think, of the of the 2000s. They, they seem to be ob- obsessed with, wow, that is really i had to go look some of those words up that's incredibly offensive like they, what they, is this winrar what is this winrar and why is it you what is the game why is there a picture of a chicken above it you know I why bet are there so many cats playing pianos i bet you when they open that winrar up it actually still counts how many days it's been since it's been active starlink era yeah. computer they fire up this that's, bunker that, that's how they, a- that's the dating system that's the official dating system <laughs> that's how they that's how they judge starlink bunkers to see if it's legit or not they fire up the computer and they click on double click on winrar so it'll roll the days over they'll know when it was last rebooted <laughs> Uh, looks like 30,000 days on this one. 
and you know that like if if you try to pay for it like there's they still have an office out there winrar has an asteroid like it's (laughs) they have their own section in the hpg they just have their own section in the hpg that they always have access to whenever someone pays for it. do you need your files to be slightly smaller but still inconvenient (laughs) would you like to pay for this privilege yeah, they, they have like that small office in Comstar where the guys get on shit duty, you know, la, like the the pawn shop crimes in. Yeah, he in he works. At, <laughs> it, can you imagine like Winrar in the future still having to fight like other companies like Winzip? <laughs> oh, and Seven Proxy Wars. So when you yeah. put up that Bat ancient with- computer, it's like update available. <laughs> Proxy Dude. wars with mech warriors. Uh, <laughs> somebody bought Wunrar on this planet. We need to make sure. Hey, like, hey, I had a couple of seatbelts. I felt generous. Presentor, someone has actually paid for a license of Wunrar. Where is this heathen? <laughs> we will compress this planet. Um, uh, oddly <laughs> enough, he is the only survivor of this giant battle that they were supposed to die in. <laughs> <laughs> So he finally is getting his revenge on us. <laughs> so I guess the only way to survive was truly to give Rinrar your money. Truly a dark and terrible era. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, so yeah. And I, I happen to like set futurism with a bit of that like mid early like 90s. I spin I, too. I, I, like, I, I like that era. I'm not big on the 90s turn of cassette futurism because it looks really dirty really quick. And by dirty, yeah. I mean it looks like community theater. Yeah, that's what, I don't mind that. I, I think that looks You like fun. old cheesy TNG episodes where they're like, oh, it's the light tube again. It's the light tube. Yeah, I, it's it's like Spencer I, Gifts. Like. Spencer <laughs> Gifts special effects. Special effects by the back wall of Spencer Gifts. It's like that Farscape <laughs> level of like... You know, Farscape. We tried to have effects. <laughs> I just, well, you, the you effects told, attempts department. You've been watching like some recent action movies, like and you notice they cheap out on the special effects. That much, was where it's like that was the wait. That fireball's been on TikTok Battle Tech. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I know that fire. It's I've all, used it. They all, well, they all buy action essentials from Video Copilot. Well, Mike will. Uh, everyone, will, will I point, bought mine back go, in like 2009. Mike will. They've been around there. for a while. We'll point out shit. Mike, Mike will sit there. And we'll just point out shit, and it'll be like, "That's fire too." It is. That's you can light see it. four. <laughs> <laughs> they sell it as 720p and 2K. You can buy each one. That's it's quite, and it's been around since that's like forever. Smoke Fourteen, and yeah, and you watch you watch some of these effects, and it's funny because once you've used it once, like the um, the camera shake and the smoke fall from ceiling effect. Once we've done that. Yeah, well, the camera shake—that's that's the thing. I you can always tell as an After Effects thing. Oh, yeah. so when someone uses camera shake in After Effects, they never change the seed for the randomness of it. So it's always the exact same motion because they use seed zero, I, which is because you I can loved, generate new like motion to it. You just got to pick a different fucking number. What, well, one of the things I thought was really fucking funny was uh, where someone had that cut of Star Trek Next Generation where there was no sh- shake for the scenes, you know, of the ship getting shot or whatever. So you just see people going, oh, like all lean over at once for yeah, no yeah. reason. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, just correcting the uh, motion. Yeah. Motion tracking. Uh, so you ready for uh, another Battletech question? I'm sure let's, we'll answer it well. All right, this next one is Steiner Scout Mech Jot calls with a question. Oh, God. Hey there, BPL people. Hello. I just got a quick question for you. Yes. We've all heard of your talk about Van Zandt, but what are some of your other ideas for fun planets or battle scenarios to mess around with in your campaigns? Uh, what? Ah, okay. Achtung, Achtung, 
alle Steineinheiten involviert in der Operation Blackjack and Hookers, sofortiger Rückzug zu Blumenort. Ich wiederhole, alle Steineinheiten involviert in der Operation Blackjack and Hookers, sofortiger Rückzug zu Blumenort. Sieht so aus, als ob die dreckigen Clan dieses Mal doch in unsere Russen geschissen haben bei der Aufklärung. Rückzug zu Blumenort, zur Lanzen Neuformierung. Ende der Übertragung. You go, girl. Go fuck those guys up. <laughs> Anderson, maybe. When, when you gotta go, you gotta go. You gotta go, you gotta go. Now, look, here's here's the thing. When it comes into weird places in Battletech, Van Zandt is literally any town two roads off the interstate in most of America. It is the town that most people forget. Uh, Van Zandt is based a little bit on Canton, Texas, uh, Van Zandt County, Texas. Um, it's, it's based a little bit off that. It's based off a few other places I've lived. And it is, it is a ruralish kind of place to represent something that is not worth invading, not worth conquering, and is just any other small town. It, it would be unrealistic to expect anything major to ever happen there for any reason whatsoever. They probably just have like a lot of old refinement facilities for like different ores and stuff. It's, no, the most that's famous. Like, that's like a very coal town kind what, of thing to have. The most famous thing I have that happened in Van Zandt. Um, because it's a planet that grows enough food to sustain itself, but probably not enough to export. It has enough materials to support some industry up to a point, but nothing too big. Yeah, the planet has materials that would be useful for anyone who's on a spacefaring. Yeah, it's it's yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not worth strip mining. It's not worth sucking resources out of. And it's so off the beaten path, it's not even worth conquering for the breadbasket. And people might say something like water. No, water is more abundant in space than yeah, it you is can on go, planets. You can go push an <laughs> asteroid or a comet, or you can go. You can cut frozen water. You can make water. Water is very abundant in space. It's yeah. It's it is a boring ass backwater that is just again a town that's two two stops off the interstate anywhere. It's it's a place of very cozy but very boring times. It is any of the backdrop of No Country for Old Men where you're like, everyone seems somewhat not understanding of how perilous life is. People are at a very slow and cozy way of living. And it just kind of represents the sort of places where anybody could be from. I wanted a place, I, I didn't want to make the mistake of trying to write a place where it was like, this is badass, badass metal planet with volcanoes and fires and hurricanes that are blowing shards of burning gasoline salts. And, you know, like, that's what Night Fight City is for. Right. That's, there's a place for that. But I just wanted to yeah. say, like, this is an average place that is just so fucking forgettable. I, this is like a roadside attraction town that says, we have one of the world's biggest chairs and you're like that seems very poorly worded and then you drive into town and you find out it's merely a large chair but that attraction has since closed and someone else has turned it into like a, a, a store that sells furniture i what imagine a, at like one of the now there's a sign yeah there's like, a, still the sign is still there nobody bothered yeah. to take no, it down it's too much trouble i was thinking like something similar where it was like any of the jump ship hubs that are anywhere near van zandt they still have like the signs that they have currently on the American interstates where it's like at this exit is like, you know, hotel and, and it shows you what hotels are there. And on that list is super eight. 
even though Van Zant's Super Eat hasn't been opened and no one knows how long, so there's just a sign. Well, the only you go there and there's just a gas station that does, for for ground vehicles. Well, I I wrote. <laughs> you know? I want, like, what <laughs> I wanted to do the almost interesting but incredibly disappointing feeling you get with real history. So um, one of the one of the best examples I have of what I did is in Van Zant has has one claim to fame and one claim to fame only and that's not my character at all my character's not famous and battletech in the setting is not a famous character it's it's that general kerensky was there briefly at one point during or after the amera civil war and i i we put this gag in at the van Zant museum in one of our earlier battletechs where it was the man, the Van Zant Museum, where it was just the weird things they had, and they had General Kerensky had gone to the local diner, and had written on a napkin, you know, waited thirty minutes, no service left, General Alexander Kerensky, like he had written that angrily on the napkin, <laughs> and they have that napkin <laughs> framed and it framed in a sealed glass like the Constitution, <laughs> and they're like General Kerensky was here and Martha was out, so he didn't get any soup. <laughs> Nothing else has happened important there ever. There's that no, is it. I, I just imagine there any tourists that come that are just like gigantic people who are like, we enjoy the tourism of the Star League Museum, and that is why we are here. <laughs> yeah, like I imagine, I imagine <laughs> I'm having a good time. Are you, honey? I imagine climbers. I am. <laughs> I'm having a good time. I, I imagine... <laughs> Yeah, I imagine Clanners coming through just to see that napkin because yeah. it's like a holy relic. So they're trying to be incognito. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah you, you got you have like you have like fucking some big I not like elemental big, but like he's like all over muscled and he's got like the tattoos and the Hello, hair and shit. I am from the Steiner Commonwealth. Yeah, he's wearing like he's wearing like <laughs> suspenders and flannel. But he still has Hello, like. Hello, it's me, Jim McInnersfield. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he has facial facial tattoos that he's tried to like badly paint over with something that doesn't quite match his skin. It color. is. It is Kanji. I am from Curita Space. <laughs> They, they're like the cone heads. Yeah, it's oh, they would be. You have like some elemental walking around, just like yeah, wearing a suit, like a suit going. I am a traveling businessman. I am on pressing business. However, I sell products. However, I have two hours of downtime, and I am not hungry, so I will go visit local attraction. Oh, what is this? A museum of General Kerensky. I will enjoy this. Oh, that is something oh, of passing oh, interest to me. <laughs> I just imagine a bunch of clanners hanging out in front of that thing getting selfies. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, oh, they're all, yeah, they're all doing like the soy jack. Yeah, you have elementals standing in front of that doing the soy jack and they're like, ooh, we're dead. <laughs> The local police have to come by and like, all right, get out of here. C come on. It's, we're closing. Yeah, that, you know, I have stood in no, line no, for I four hours. Picture. Please, please. I need another picture. We do not I wish have to destroy. <laughs> I conquered four planets to get the time off to come here. <laughs> It'll this be is up the only tomorrow. day off in my life I will ever have. I was this or a blood name. I chose this. <laughs> <laughs> 
But to answer the guy's question, what are your guys' ideas for other places? <laughs> in, in the oh, right, right, right. Yeah, um, I, I would love, I would love to do the <laughs> restaurant at the end of the universe, uh, like Douglas Adams, yeah. where uh-huh. there is a Comstar way station that is out in the periphery that is just a space station like space, space station waffle house yeah and and all the all the deep space com store explorer ships go through there and it's just like this diner that's been out there for like ever and they're like yeah it's the restaurant at the end of the universe yeah no people all are like dressed up very nicely and it's like a dinner party and everything it's like the best kept secret among deep space captains like if you tell anyone about it and you ruin it they kill you like they they will kill you they're like you will not ruin this fucking restaurant and oh and i i know one thing that would make it even better there's only a hundred ships that know about it and if a ship gets destroyed another ship is invited (laughs) (laughs) so it's like only a hundred ships would know about the restaurant and its coordinates there would be rumors yeah there would be rumors oh there's oh you you get invited to the dining society and the captain just shut it down like shut the fuck up there is no such thing oh they're like yeah they call it the uh the captain's quarters they're like yeah. oh yes we've heard about the captain's quarters I and mean, it's like yeah it's it's literally just a fancy restaurant that they keep away from the normies yeah you go in there and if you go if you are somehow found this place and you go in there they just stare at you yeah until you leave yeah they're like sir your money's no good here they're like is that is that coconut shrimp your money is no good here sir <laughs> yeah I, I i think that would be kind of nice invite only you probably wouldn't even get out of there alive if you stumbled upon it let's be real i'm afraid you must join the menu sir oh god prepare it's to dine staff. with your ancestors or the staff oh god ah uh, you are here for the Taurus fighter, I see. Oh. All right. So the next one is called A Question for the DMs. All right. All right, BPL guys. Delcar from Delcar's Dungeon, I want to thank you. You've inspired me to put a positive spin on my relaunched channel and point, laugh, and just have fun. Uh, special shout out to Goat. Thank you for your kind response. Whether you have the time or not, I appreciate you taking time to respond. Now. On to some questions. First one, simple one. Battlemaster, why isn't it? Second one, for all the DMs at the table. What's your favorite way to, in-game, punish an unruly character? <laughs> and thereby, punishing that player. All right, thank you guys. I'm still chipping through the podcast backlog. I discovered it a little recently. So, look forward to hearing from you again. I, I, I first I want to say this guy sounds like he would be reporting the horrible terrorist incident in 1988 at the Nagatomi Plaza. Yeah, the, he, like he has that like 1980s sounded, broadcaster right. voice. You know who he sounded like to me was he sounded like the <laughs> the air traffic controller, sorry, the space controller in 2001: A Space Odyssey. Yeah, he was like, uh, okay, X-ray uh, Delta One, and I'm like, yeah. fuck yeah, good voice, man. So you you've already got that. You've got a cool candor. People were already commenting positively. So good good job, positive spin. So his first question was about the battle man. Battle man is going to be a video i'm not going to answer that in a sentence secondly uh i i will best say way to punish best character. way to punish a character or so an unruly pl- what do you do with unruly players well, at your table like what do you usually do i try talking to them first it's like a if water it's bottle okay what water bottle Psst. Yeah. spray bottle yeah <laughs> you, you just, you, it, like if, 
look, here's here's what I do. Michael made a bee sting me because I was talking mad shit. See, there you like <laughs> no, I, the I, gods have heard you and I, you feel a bee sting. I'm like, I, what the fuck? Take one HP damage. I had a friend of mine who couldn't be on task uh, in a tabletop game. I I actually did bring a spray bottle once. I was like. Psst. And he was like, oh, yeah, right. It helped. I wouldn't <laughs> spray him. In, I didn't spray him in the face. I sprayed his leg. I would just. Well, and he's like, oh. For Only War, I did the wheel of NJP where it's oh, a wheel yeah. of random punishments. Uh, I pulled that on oh. Lorebeard in the stream because he kept trying to backtalk a commissar. You know, you know what? I, the One of the ones I saw that really worked that I liked. What? The DM would make really good cookies at this one table. You can only take one if you were a good boy. Oh. And it was great because if someone was like ready for their turn, a really good scene or whatever, they're like, here. And they'd give them like one of the good cookies. If you were shitty, you didn't get one. The other one is like if you do something <laughs> stupid, it fails and you get made fun of. Usually I'm just like, dude, that what you know that wouldn't work because XYZ. But like uh, for other ones where it's like context clues, like in Shadowrun, this is recorded, the cute and I drive by mission. I think like digs like they're the party's in this limo and they're chasing this uh truck convoy and fucking shade blade comes in and jumps on it and starts fucking them up. So they close the sunroof, you know, to keep them out. And then it's like digs like I'm going to hack shade blades phone and I'm going to make it look like he's getting a call from his boss to tell him to get off the limo and return to the truck, you know, by voice. I do like my voice changer and everything. And then it's like, uh, no, no, n- not voice, uh, text. I text him that. So then it's like, okay, you 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 succeed on the hack thing, but then Shapeblades, huh? Nice try, but my boss is too much of a boomer to do anything but voice call. He's been doing voice call this whole time, and you've been hearing it. You're not paying attention. <laughs> Nothing personnel. Wow. I remember that time in Whoa. only one. Yeah, when when we were introducing Commissar Lopez, and I said, and he does the, the yeah, revolver ocelot. The gu- yeah, the, he the gun. Yeah, and you told me, okay, you want to do the revolver ocelot spin, a uh, roll slate of hand, and that he he proceeded to do an elegant a negligent discharge. Yeah, you negligent discharge into the into the uh, air. I remember we had um, in one D and D game there was a guy who was obsessed with drizit for the people who remember the before the look at me tiefling era there was the good drow era which yeah, we all have I'm to a suffer good drow through. and I have two scimitars right. and like a so, leopard companion yep so we had a person in our player who had two rapiers and was the drow different than drizzit obviously and so in anyways this person would always talk about like running the rapiers against each other or whatever and the DM's like you know what roll for it and it was like, what? Like, yeah, roll, roll a weapons handling check. Let's just go ahead and see if you can concentrate through this. So in the middle of this person's epic speech trying to show off as the good drow and have their moment of like, oh, I cast the cloak back and not only am I a drow, I'm a good drow. And they like does all this complex nonsense. It, they, they cut their own hand and they drop <laughs> one of them. So they're just like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that is how you come up against those people. You blowtorch them. I, I'm just imagining oh. what you, when you mentioned the water bottle. I, I imagine just at the end going, I shall endure no horny in this table. And <laughs> I made Ross lose an arm and a leg, but that wasn't the only thing I did to him that whole campaign. You tortured that man for all the choices he made. <laughs> I did not torture him. He was falling for every single one of my traps somehow. No, no, he was I the only one. The one time I gamed, it's like, all right, we're going to. Sp- I was a security. It's like, there's uh like mutiny it's like all right we're gonna split up 
I'm just gonna get knocked surrounded and knocked out or something. And it's like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. And then he goes and climbs this ladder. And then sure enough, I get thunked in the back of the head and tied up. <laughs> I, I remember one of my favorites was a Dark Heresy. I was in a Dark Heresy game and a guy's like, I pulled the pin out of the grenade. And I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. You told and, me. And, well, no, this is the one where the guy pulled the pin and then dropped the spoons. And then he's like, all right. And I'm going to cook the grenade. I was like, okay, so you, you, the grenade is now active. And he goes, yes. And then so like a few seconds pass and he's like, oh, I don't need it. I'm going to just put the pin back in. And I'm like, okay, you put the oh. pin back in the grenade. <laughs> and a few seconds pass and he's dead. And he's like, what? Why? And I was like, all right, let me explain to you how a striker mechanism works in an explosive. <laughs> and I drew a little diagram and then I drew a little stick figure. And I said, you know how the alive part? And he goes, yeah. And I said, no, not alive. Yeah, and, and usually I'm just like, are you sure? Or it's just like, no, look, I know it's it's a bunch of stuff going on, but sometimes but it's like you gotta pay attention as a player. Well yeah, like if you it's it's one of those things like in payday two, there's the map where you have to shut off the power before you can drill into the vault. And if you I, try to drill into the vault anyway, you you'll you'll get electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here's the thing. I've done this heist a hundred fucking million times. Everyone I run it with has done it a hundred fucking million times. We've done it for years on Christmas for math, for charity, for ch kids, for whatever we worded, but we've done it for years and there are still people who will run right to the vault and electrocute themselves every time and go, <laughs> oh yeah, the electricity. Yeah. Well, it's the, yeah, it's, it's the single focus on, on the one yep. task. It, I, I know the tunnel vision very it well. It happens, especially in RPGs. Huts, you're a GM now. Uh, what, yes. What's your idea? I, I, okay, I, I had exactly one session as a DM. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, God was playing and, but yeah, I, I, I got to experience the, 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 uh, microcosm of what a DM experiences, uh, every session, like the, being mad at the player who didn't show up or having the players take a, a, an unorthodox route that I didn't consider when planning the scenario. Like, oh, I had this whole detour and they decided, no, I shall use the bar to distract this person and circumvent uh, the, the, the whole detour. And, and then when I expected them to be sly uh, uh, about because there was this, uh, this dwarf that was going insane and he was asking, give me some tro trollbone, give me some trombone. And I was kind of expecting them to to grab like a like a cow bone, you know, like a, like a cow femur. And they were no, we actually want to hunt a, a troll, you know, and uh, you know that that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think um, for for future reference, I will try to because uh, actually the the players in this session, you know, were were pretty reasonable, you know. When yeah. when I told them, yeah, when I told them, look. Uh, the entrance of this this cave has spider webs, and they immediately went, oh yeah, no going in there. But yeah, I think the the most uh, you know reasonable answer to having an unruly player or somebody who's you know taking the pieces, just giving them the consequences of their own actions. Agreed. What? You know? That's real, real. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. It's not like I have experienced that myself, God, a bunch of times. <laughs> You like, keep coming back. <laughs> it's yes. a good relationship. Yeah. Everybody yeah. gets something. I no, and I I just like I did uh, do like I, I wasn't trying to torture Ross. He was just making a lot of like unstarfleet decisions like on the spot. Well, he he liked getting fucked up for it. Yeah, well, like and he because he had fun with that, and it's like 
I, I try to I try to make it fun because if they're gonna like fuck around, then they're gonna fuck around, and find out, and still have fun. That's like all I want. Because well, the show not has a, to go on. If I'm it's, just gonna slap their hands, like yeah. that's not gonna be fun for me. I don't want to be someone's mom. Well, the show has to go on. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it, pe- people have to realize that even if your players fail, they still have to want to come back, even though they fucked up or bombed out or had a TPK. It has to be good. It has to be a good death. It has to be a good end. <laughs> Phaser, wide beam, kill. <laughs> That's, it doesn't exist. All it does now. It will if you put two phasers together. you got to touch the tips, though. Hat, what about you? What, in terms of dealing with unruly players? Yeah. yeah. You used to you used to help run this thing called EVE Online. I'm sure you know how to deal with unruly players. Well, the funny thing is, is that prior to this, I even ran an Ultima Online shard. It was a role-playing shard specifically for, uh, for open-world role-playing. Awesome. And, um, well, to begin with, it was a lot of the whole writing a lot of rules and then sort of going around bonking people on the head with that. But that sort of, that only works in that kind of role play world where it's an MMO. Uh, as for EVE Online, I mean, EVE Online and policing a whole MMO is on a scale that is nothing comparable to what it is to DM a game. You have um, meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Beale, <laughs> and I won't have it. Yeah, I, when yeah, we first no, met, here's the thing, and I told you about the cases, shit I used to do, we just started laughing, and you were like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so here's the thing. The qu- sometimes we're dealing with something like organized crime, so. Hey, to, hey, uh, hey, hey. <laughs> it, there was nothing in the game that said what I was doing was criminal. My ship is stuck, LOL. Yeah. <laughs> look, 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 look. Sometimes, and I'm just saying this, the price of certain things needs to be controlled by a cartel. And yeah, informing no. and building that cartel can be very fun. I mean, there was some... You could very much... You could call it enterprising, I suppose. Yeah, inter- it's, it, it's, it's vertical integration yeah. <laughs> and shipbuilding. That's it's no, I was a was I was a very scale. vertically integrated shipbuilder. Yeah, no, the scale that this was at, I'm telling you, like the things that got circuited and the money that went through this was completely insane. Listen, listen. If if people if people didn't want to pay the price for their ships, they wouldn't have. Now, that a bunch of their ships just kept blowing up and unrelated events is also really not important. Yeah. No. It's no, just it coincidental isn't. and good marketing. It very much is. But also the stories themselves that spring from this are remarkable. It's like, it's Eve Online. Everyone who plays it long enough has enough lunatic asylum stories to fill a book. That's why I the, love I, I love that Empires of Eve Online. It's a fantastic history. Oh, I, I mean, the stories I could tell you about some of the fleet engagement and movement I was involved in at oh, some yeah. point, it, it was at a scale where just by us arriving, we asserted ourselves on everything. Like whatever, what else was going on here is now in not important. We're here and we control this for the time being. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, especially when you can honorable third party of fleet action, you're like, someone tackled a Titan. We're like, well, we have 80 carriers. Let's go have fun. <laughs> yeah. 
No, in our case, it was more like, oh, there's a Titan tackled. Uh, well, we have 30 hanging out over here more. Let's send them in to rescue him. I, I love how you have fights in EVE Online that would just get worse and worse and worse, like BR5RB. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah BR5RB, where you have a misjump and then a series of cataclysmic fights and then fights on the way to get the reinforcements to the fight. So you have like a oh, Jetland yeah. and then you have eight more Jetlands around it. It's completely crazy. And some of it was some of the organization and movement that was planned and executed was on a scale unimaginable. Like some people sabotage each other's houses and electricity on the over the ship. Oh uh, yeah. That is that's that's Eve Online. That's called metagaming. Yeah. <laughs> that's in in the Eve Online community, that's metagaming. That's that's what so they this, call that. Yeah, calling this dealing with an unruly player player over a D and D session is stretching the point, I think. Well, that's 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 why I'm trying to say that like this Hat, is still a good story. Though. Hat, if you if you can manage the madness of Eve Online players, just based with the context we provided, I think you would understand how to manage unruly players at a table. Oh yeah, yeah, that's very no, true. I mean, because no, because when you fight, it, it comes down to. It, yeah, when you fight exactly. an Eve Online player, it's like fighting Machiavelli. <laughs> it's it's one yes. of those things of the, fighting the, elder vampires. Yeah, you, you corner them, and they're like, "Little do you know, I control forty percent of the ore on the market. I could ruin the game for everyone." And you're like, "Jesus Christ, who is this person?" <laughs> Yeah, w w how did I like? No, I know your name and how you got involved. <laughs> I am going to directly attack your credit score. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing in Eve is you run into people who are just lunatics and play the game. Like yeah. I played the game as a ruthless industrialist, but I drew the line at the game doesn't leave the game. Like oh I w I would God. play the game in the game. But I cannot go bother someone in the real world about something they do in Eve. You just like that, start up a collection agency and buy someone's fucking student loan buy debt. Buy the student loan <laughs> debt. Yeah, that's that's called make them pay and higher interest rates. Again, like that what would the be, fuck? That would be metagaming. That would oh be metagaming in Eve Online. It'd that's be like evil. But that's that's what but there were people that use like actual like organized yeah. crime shit. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. Yep. Oh yes. Yes. No. We yeah. this be, us being in contact with authorities and having having to do investigations over periods of time and collect data. This was a real thing. Oh yeah. Did. It's, it's, it's absolutely organized crime and everything else. That's why Eve was fucking insane while it was. I, I loved being in the part of it. It's you, still there. It's still, it's right. And then there was the sort doctor of. who tie in and, um, so, you know, what, what, what else? The next question. All right. The next question is Battletech sci-fi. No more rambling than anything else we do here. <laughs> Great title. Hello, techs and guests of the BPL podcast. If this question is kind of rambling and incoherent, I apologize. I'm currently one hour away from the end of a 24-hour shift stuck Jesus. in a hospital. So, yeah. Anyways, my question is two parts. Yeah. Um, first, what do you think happened to Clan Wolverine after they finished the whole Minnesota tribes raids and faded off into deep, deep space? And secondly, what is your favorite mystery like Clan Wolverine from other sci-fi universes? Um, just gotta say guys that you get, get me through long hours stuck at the hospital and I've been mainlining the podcast so hard that I've nearly caught up now. Uh, so it looks like once I'm done, it'll be going back to old BPL videos, trying to find that, uh, fabled way into the Legion. So yeah. And lastly, just so that you guys know, text may be cool, but Mike is the only one worth simping over and, Oh fuck, I forgot my name. Wow. Grace. 
<laughs> I forgot. So what was that all about? That was amazing. Mike, they love you. Um, so when it comes down to Mythos, the Wolverine... The Wolverine thing is something I want to talk about in Battletech at some point because it has to connect a lot of lore and a lot of different pieces of stuff that's inferred it, but not explicitly agreed to be canon, but kind of is hinted. And there's a lot of rumor and what have you. And it's like agreed, but not agreed. And if it's like a rumor mill for like some kind of thing, it's cool. And I, I think that they did much like any army in exile does without a home. I think they chose a direction. They went as far as they could. And they settled down, and they cortezed there. This is like some Odysseus stuff. That's what I mean. They just went off the edge of the map, and they burned their ships, and they will never be back. I think that's what happened. That or they settled in the near periphery and uh, settled on an outlying world and co-opted it and just sat there and essentially ran the fucking thing quietly as a shadow organization. But that would be harder to hide. And the second question was, what was it? Uh, what what other sci-fi settings do you have uh, that that has similar? theme as to what you're saying right here mysteries mysteries are fun i i think that traveler has a lot of really cool mysteries hidden in the margins just because that world is so big and ancient i'd have to think more on that to give a better answer i think in 40k before the horus heresy books ruined it the mystique around the actual events of the horus heresy or even like who the emperor is what the emperor is there was a certain unknown that was best unsaid i agree well, uh, when it comes to 40K, um, not to take too much time up with this and we are at the point, but 40K lore, it's, it's quite mis- misunderstood as what it is. It's You have to think of 40K lore as mythology. It's sort of like... Yeah. The, like think of the idea of uh, Horus, for instance. You could liken it to the composite figure of Hercules, for instance. It's a mythological. It's not one person. It's a composite of many people or some stories of that ideal or thereabouts, or that general story. And the same thing goes to the 40k lore, and that's why sometimes the the way it's told seems a little incoherent and a little sort of. Um, ultra contrasted in these angelic very overpainted terms it's because that's what it is it's mythology right and i so agree what it, what actually what actually happened is nobody actually knows lar- large part of the way well and i i think that's better for the setting is you you want some mythos to be what really happened Instead of here's yeah. exactly what happened. Uh, his first name is Gary, and you know it. You add all this stuff in, and you just go, "Why, that, Gary Horace? Well, that, that shit's not even necessary." <laughs> Gary I don't. It it needs. I prefer to have things being ancient fable. I don't want right. to know how many teeth you know King Arthur was missing. I don't want to know what Julius Caesar smelled like. I want. <laughs> right. I don't need these details. Somebody out there really wants to know that. Well, I know, but it's it's one of those probably L'Oreal. I'm going to know these this teeth count. But yeah, it, but but as but as far as 40k is concerned, it's I could go on about this. I'm just saying there's actually a lot to this that I think is misunderstood because like for chaos and for and the Imperium, if you listen to how the chaos acolytes what and the chaos lies sound, get the fuck out of yeah, here. No, no, but they, if you read the books, they sound so similar, and they're so much alike in many ways. It's crazy. What right? the anyway. horrible, oppressive bureaucracy lies and censors things, and has pro- no, no, <laughs> no, no. See, really? what would be what would be really dark if you wanted to do a darker 40k, like a a way darker 40k? You would say that there are no aliens, 
and there, there are no, there's no chaos and there's no demons. And that all of this is a mythos and a lie told by an Imperium that is galaxy spanning <laughs> and has to put people in uniform to constantly fight and put down rebellions that they say, Oh, they're corrupted by aliens or unseen mutants or whatever. And in reality, the universe is just, it's just in, 1984. It's just 1984. That would be a much <laughs> darker universe. There are no aliens. People just think they're fighting aliens. They think they're fighting monsters and demons, because but in reality, the, the did you see lighting? the color of those people's skin? They're obviously tainted by the alien. Exactly. They yeah. just make up nonsense and constantly fight each other. Like, that would be a far darker 40K. I can't think of a darker 40K. It's called Dune. Oof. Humanity got, like, ruled over for thousands of years by fucking Leto too. You know? Leto the second. He was a fucking worm. That's where the God Emperor came from. Yes. The, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Forty-five outright lifted. Well, yeah, they pulled the God Emperor and everything else like that straight from Dune. But, I mean... And then they copyright everything and they try to well, it's, sue it's, everyone. It's, well, of course. It's it's one of those things of like, well, it's called the Imperial Guard, but that's not a copyright. Astra Militarum. There, that sounds like Star something. Star Military. <laughs> Star Military. Also, using broken-ass Latin. You're the guard, son. You are in the <laughs> guard, guard, son. Did, did yeah. they come up with a new name for the Eldar because Eldar is something Eldari. Tolkien. Yeah, they added in yeah, yeah instead of the instead of Eldar because Tolkien did that one. They were like Eldari. It's Eldari. Hey, Eldari. It's, a, it's just a little different. Hey. Eldari. Oh, hey. Oh, Eldari. Hey. I'm Eldari. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. So they 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 added they added they a are little no bit Italian in my head. Yeah. Always. I will ruin everything for you. I'm going to ruin everyone who's a 40k fan out there who considers what? me no who considers You're me not gonna a ruin voice? warhammer 40,000 i certainly ruined. can i oh absolutely well, i'm a fan of 40 <laughs> Easy. if you consider my voice a voice of authority and reason that can paint scenes in your head as a storyteller i'm going to ruin this for you all the eldar now speak with overpronounced italian accents and <laughs> the dark eldar sound australian Thank you. <laughs> Good day, mate. Read everything they have in an Australian accent. Oh, I'm going to time to torture your soul to top off my own, mate. I See? Still, <laughs> I, st I still have the orcs. I have to save in the craft me, world. Why do you hate me? I must sacrifice a billion humans to save a wonder Eldar. <laughs> I... I could do with the Italian Eldar. That just makes. I would love to see like an Italian, like a Farseer doing the hand gestures do and it. yelling. No, no, because yeah, their language hand, is very body language based. That's what I mean. But so you do, see the hand gestures and yelling. Oh, so there's like but an Eldar. They do hand gestures to those weird shapes they paint. <laughs> that's the that's how they yeah. that's how they bone craft. And, and bone crafting is yelling something into shape. It's them hey, doing no. the Italian gestures like ah, why you no be a chair? No, they're miming. They're miming working a pasta extruder. Is there like a Pope mobile, oh. but like <laughs> in space that yes. they have like yeah, it's called Eldar Night. Well, no, no, the <laughs> Imperium has several. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about the Eldari. They, the, they gotta have a just, po They gotta have a pope mobile. You, you say Eldar in this house, Mike. What is we it? say uh, Eldar in this El, house? What is it? Uh, what is the difference? Eldari is like the copyright neutral term. They're fucking Eldar. Yeah, yeah but the Eldar are from Lord of the Rings. It's, yeah, and so are the orcs. Yeah, but, but yeah, 40k has yeah, orcs. Yeah, 40k but orcs. Nobody 40K orcs has. Nobody a K cares about it's that. It's 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 completely different. Plus it's they are orcs with K. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's, it's totally a K. Original. 
Yeah, the orcs in, in Tolkien are totally different. I seen them on the movie. Yeah, they were there in the you movie. You saw yeah, that they, on the TV it show. A, it, it's a completely <laughs> moot point because even <clears throat> even if you go to like examine what's so different about well in 40k the orcs are fungus. Did you did you guys That's say it. hold on. Did you, did you guys see the Space Marine movie back in the day? Yes. So, all yes. right, here's the no. thing. Here's the thing that blew my mind about that is even back then, I didn't know shit about film, but watching that movie, they said that cost like over a million dollars to make. And I watched it what? and I was like, where did they, where did they spend the other $999,000? Purity seals. Yeah. I was just like, what? <laughs> they, they bought minis for, for reference. For I, the yeah. Scenes. That's what I was saying. Like, what did, <laughs> is it like, cause I, I was just watching so that and all I could hear was the fucking soundtrack to the producers in my head. I was just like, what in the fuck is this? They were like, this cost a lot of money. And I was like, on what planet? On what? Because, you know, a lot of fans have made stuff that is equally, if not better than anything Games Workshop has Definitely made. Way better. Definitely way better in many cases. And and the company is like, yes, but well. You can't do um, that. You No. What? Can't do that. You, you cannot outdo us. You must pay. How dare the, you? We are the workshop. You make Queen Victoria cry. We we invented we invented we <laughs> invented elves in space. We invented things. This is all original. God Emperor is a thing we came up with. But most of the here's the thing: most navigators of the folding best. space in the future. We also came up with. We didn't take that from the same book. <laughs> <laughs> but most of the best 40k stuff out there is fan made. Agreed. Like, straight hands up. down. No hands most down. Agreed. First psychic membranes. Oh yeah, what a great unit! All right, uh, uh, let's, 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 let's 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 go another one. Let's go to the next questione. This one is Winnebagist. What about a Winnebay Atlas? Hello, Black Pants Legion. This is Kuso. Hello. Now more than ever, the cicada from BattleTech has a cockpit that looks like an RV. This makes me ask: What is the interior of a lot of mechs like? Is there room for more than one person? Are people able to live in their mechs? No. If you had to grow, go on a road trip with a mech, which one would you take? You would need to host up to four of your friends, and optimally, you would be sleeping inside the mech. You can't do that. Keep on rocking the free world, and do-do-do-do-do. I feel like even hey, if you could nice. fit more people into a cockpit, that's just that will just cause the, no, the body um, heat only stuff some, to fuck you up. Only some cockpits will have room for a jump seat or a second seat, and it's rare on mechs. Some mechs have double cockpits, but again, very rare. Um, a lot of them have like a chemical toilet. Like you can they don't get have up, theater seating in no, there. No, <laughs> yeah, it's like a lot of them get up to where you can get behind and get into like a shitter seat or a jump seat or something. You know what I mean? Like there will be a shitter that you can use in the corner that is also a jump seat, you know, just like an aircraft or something, but there's not a lot of room in there. Uh, I would not take a war machine camping. It would be the same as saying, wouldn't it be cool to take the Sherman tank into the woods and go camp in it? And I'm like, <laughs> no, it would break down. It would, it, yeah, it's a war machine. It requires a lot of fucking maintenance. <laughs> so it's like, wouldn't it be neat to take this camping? It's like, ah, yes. The giant walking thing that I take into difficult terrain that can get stuck up there. You tell your Who mech- do I fucking call to get it out? You call. You talk to your mech bay engineers like, why did you take your Atlas to fucking camping? You're hey, like, Mike, I had to pull trees out of hey, the myoma. How, 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 do, how do mechs get to the war zone? They drop in, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they typically yeah, drive they them merge. up to the... How do tanks get to a war zone? 
They typically drive them up to the war zone with train tracks. They, it's it's one so of those. So somebody things just where, drinks a drop ship into like some campground. They're like, oh fuck, is it the clans? Like they're freaking out. Like oh no, some asshole just brought his atlas. Some guy's gonna go camping his with his camping atlas. atlas. Yeah, <laughs> I need a fusion reactor to go camping. This is his win a batlas. I like that. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you would see some of that stuff, but they would probably not be giant battle mech sized battle mechs. They'd be like the little industrial mechs. You know, you'd, you'd probably take a cattle master camp. You could have a camp master. No, it's not to say you can't camp customize master. them to have these I mean, things, but by standard, I w- no. I would think that. I'm just going. Oh, go ahead. I just want to point out that that um, that tankers actually do, in fact, sleep in their tanks sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes they don't. It's not great, but they do do it. It. It's. I just imagine an Atlas going fishing like dynamite shooting, but he fires the auto cannon and stains the water supply with lead for thousands no, of years. I imagine that it would be like, let's go fishing and you see the auto cannon shoot into the lake and then you hear the sound like a drain as the lake drains out through that hole in the bottom. Oh. <laughs> and it's just, there's no fish left. The water comes out the other side of the planet. That's what I mean, just bang and then you're boom, 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 boom as the lake just goes down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Some guy with like a little fishing boat going down. Like, <laughs> oh man, are you ready for another question? Let's do one more. Okay. If we're going to do one more, oh here, let's do uh the Thompson. Hey Texan fam. Long-time listener, but I've just recently come across the episode where Tex mentions that he has a Thompson. And I have a question. Is it the 1928? Yes. You know, your typical mafia-style Thompson? Or is it the one that was adopted by the military? That's the immortal one. They're both really nice submachine guns, but I've always had an affinity for the, you know, the old Tommy gun. Barrel magazine, muzzle brake. It just seems longer. It seems honestly more beautiful as a weapon. It is. Do have a great rest of your week. Thank you. You deserve it. You're awesome. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. And okay, so Thompson's just rule of thumb, very quick rule of thumb. Yes, I own a fully automatic machine gun. Yes, it is a registered machine gun. Yes, it has an ATF tax stamp. Do not think that I have a undeclared or unregistered or unlicensed machine gun. There are not such animals in the modern world, really, in America, except for a few bizarre holdouts. So here's the thing when it comes down to Thompson submachine guns, the three most common ones you see in the United States are 21s, 28s, and M1s from World War II. M1s have no cuts compensator. They have the charging handle on the side, and they're a little bit trimmer, and they only take box magazines. The 21 is the Colt model, which is very nice and has really good blowing. The 28s are the later model, and they have as well some of the same features as the 21. The 21 to the 28 are slight differences in features, but the bulk of the 21s are made at Colt. They are much nicer guns. 1928s are what they consider to be your standard civilianized Thompson. It has the foregrip that is vertical. It has a very nice stock as the cuts compensator. And again, cuts compensators are a very early muzzle break. They were also very common on semi-automatic rifles. They were common on some shotguns. You can still find them. They're an interesting company and they're like Gen 1 muzzle brakes. And uh, yeah, Thompsons are cool. They're very, very, very classy. And they last forever. They're very well made. That's all I need to tell you about Thompsons right now. Thank you. Let's <laughs> do one more. One more. We okay. could, yeah, because that was more of a comment. But yeah, Thompsons are sweet. All right. Let's do... 
you know there's that meme there's that meme of the guy sitting there and the girl's like are we gonna have sex and he's like you know this is a thompson yeah right? yeah that is she, that is literally, literally me that is yes. literally how i work is you could be the most knockout gorgeous woman in the world if you're not into the thompson when i have it i'm sorry i don't have time for you miss me with that shit I am pure Thompson energy. Give me like half an hour to fucking. I I need a pure pure Thompson energy. All right, let's tell me what was the first Ceno nods mod. You need you need need Mafia Girl GF. (laughs) Mafia Girl, yeah, see, yeah, not like I'm a real gun mole. I'm a gal's pal. Let's get these. You need that. (laughs) You need that Nora Femme Fatale shit. Not the like Carmela Soprano, but like yeah, I I robbed the stuff too. See, Bonnie and Clyde. Oh God, they were fucked up. Next, getaway sticks went all the way up. <laughs> Too big for your britches. I'll bust you down and <laughs> I'm gonna do eighty whole miles an hour in my car. <laughs> I'm gonna drive eighty miles an hour and smoke these Chesterfields. Brought to you by Bromo <laughs> Bromo Celta. Bromo Celta because your tummy has troubles. <laughs> when I did college radio, I was told I couldn't read the news as quick. I tried to get the news things out as quick as possible, so I'd read them really fast using the transatlantic accent. Yeah. And they were like, You can't do that. And I could usually get them all in one tag. Nice. All right. What's the last question called, Mike? This one is called uh, The Horns from the, uh, That Game's Title Track Live in My Head Rent Free. Hey, BPL. I've started watching Texas old uh, L.A. Noir playthrough. Oh, yeah. And all I can think is, dear God, this is a genre that needs a remake or, or Agreed. other games made around it. Like, I would like to see, I would like to see, actually, if Tex would like to do it, uh, uh, L.A. Noir with a cop would be kind yes. of fun. Yes. But uh, if some of these game companies, if, if you could just do a remaster and add all the extra stuff that was supposed to be in it. Yeah. Or even a game like it, you know, like Dragnet, where, you Uh-oh. know, gritty, dirty, you know, chase scenes and, and shootouts left, right, and center. You can be, you know, the uptight cop or, you know, you'd be the dirty cop. Or, you know, you could be like Demolition Man or Judge Dredd and just lay waste to the city, huh? I think it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, we're what we're gonna do. What we're honestly gonna do is we are going to have we we are definitely going to be doing L.A. Noir with a cop. Uh, Deputy and I have both played that game. We both really like it. We're both fans of the L.A. Quintet. It's really good true crime writing. We really like it. We're we're absolutely interested in that. Um, the only issue is that we're probably going to have to heavily edit it because there's whole huge parts of that soundtrack that just get copyright claimed. And then there's indecent stuff. Like you can show a murdered person, but you can't show like nipples on a dead murdered lady. So, I mean, I, I get it. it. Like the murder is the more shocking thing because you see brutally murdered people in that game, like bad ways to go. It's it, and, well, the, yeah. from what I understand, um, I, I looked at all the guidelines for this and as long as it doesn't have an A rating for video games, you could pretty much show whatever's there because it's already been vetted. I I, I get as it. As long as the game matches the title of what you're playing. Well, yeah. I mean, it would be it would be weird if we were playing like Haribo Hotel or something. And yeah. then like I show like some lady getting murked. You know, yeah, that would be horrible. But I think I want to do a, a version of L.A. Noir where I, I definitely want to make Deputy watch me play it because he'll get really really concerned with how i drive well it is a car without power steering so. it's, it's not only that it's that i found that you can just drive down the sidewalk at infinite miles an hour yeah and sometimes you'll hit people and they'll be like phelps hey, that man's in the hospital and i'm like yeah well yeah that, that man's on. probably gonna die phelps what are you doing <laughs>
Yeah, well, I heard that more than anything. Phelps, get over here. I need you. My favorite partner was Rusty, like the old burnout. Yeah, the the arson guy. That's that's like if you guys were playing a game that was co-op, it's just you guys played those two characters, Phelps and Rusty. That would be the best. That would that would be the absolute best. Wait, was Rusty the one that drank on the job or like the burnout arson guy? No, the guy who drank on the job. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was uh, Vice. No, Vice was the yeah, Hollywood the, guy. Yeah, yeah, the homicide. Yeah, homicide. Yeah, yeah that's why he was a burnout. <laughs> yeah, it, it, well, he was fucking hilarious because it was a believable character. Like he was constantly giving you shit for being a bad detective. He's like, "Good job, Phelps." Uh, hey, did you two ever play? Uh... Yeah, I played it. No, I'm talking to. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm talking to Hudson uh, Hat. Did you guys? Yeah, play no, it? I haven't played it yet. But I was mental. What L.A. Noir? Yeah, you yeah. need to play it. No, I did. I didn't play it. You no. need to play it. You need. You need to play it just because it's a really beautiful recreation. It's a really, really beautiful recreation of that kind of feel of the L.A. Quintet series of books, but also just L.A. in the late forties. It's it's a really good game. The facial capture technology that, they have that alone still sells looks, it. That still, still looks, looks great. really good. But the the feel and atmosphere and mood of it feels like a movie. And it's it's really enjoyable. I remember I'd play that in the living room, and my mom would be like, "What movie are you watching?" Oh, it's a game. Yeah, because it's that it, it's yeah. shot like a film. She Didn't. said that about uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, uh, that's here, right. Especially when I was playing uh, poker and shit. Well, yeah, and it's it's nice to have games that are also cinematic, unless they're all on rails. Then fuck that shit. Yeah, yeah. like Kojima. Kojima. I mean, Kojima at least has the decency to be wacky, so you can point and go, oh, good old Kojima. I'm more offended by, you know, AAA, over-the-shoulder action game, open world, stealth, stealth of Hasapau, you know, that kind of game. Yeah. This is gritty and realistic. No. Also, I like how we have people in three different hemispheres talking, like, right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we live in an age of pure information, and some of it has to be devoted by volume to shit posting. Yeah, I mean, the rest of it is just noise. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> by a, volume. I'm a day, and I'm required to shit post. I understand, and you know, you have to bonk the Swedes when they come over. Did they put you in the oh, Lego I, jail if you don't shit post enough? Yeah, we have a quota. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard working in the Danish shit post mines. Yeah, you know the veins you know, are starting to on, run you dry. Step on a brick in the, yeah, you step on a Lego brick in the morning, you know the game's up. <laughs> Oof! That's they a, found you. You know they're coming for you. Skyrim belongs to the north. You know, I I always thought the name Minecraft sounded a little Danish. I think that might be why it, you guys have a Lego mine over there. Where you just Minecraft think, is <laughs> Swedish. <laughs> oh yeah. Damn it. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he's Swedish, actually. Yeah, not just oh. Swedish. Oh. Talk about a guy who made like a billion dollars and was like, peace out. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I salute the man. Good on him, a Scandinavian that's made it. I, I salute him for it. It's, he's a good Swede. <laughs> he's one of the good ones. I will, I will yeah. beat him with the sticks when he crosses, but I will pull the blows. <laughs> yes, I will go to battle with him when the time comes. I will send him to Valhalla. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Indeed, I shall not. Oh, God. All right. So, anyways, uh, thank you for listening to the Black Pants Legion podcast. We've had a good year, and we thank you all for tuning in. Magistrata Mundana soon, Mike. Yeah. And uh, that'll we, be next week. And we have all sorts of dumb plans. So, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for checking in on us. Does anyone have any parting ideas or thoughts? I'm just thinking about how I'm going to send Commissar Solano Lopez to 
fight the forces of chaos and only were here in a minute. Oh, oh no. I'm sorry, the forces of redacted, as we're putting it in character. Yeah, this, this should be the last podcast of 2022. What about you, Hat? Have fun and try not to hurt each other. Indeed. Try. Very hard try. Try very hard. I expect you to try like you would get a good cookie if you did good. Yes. But, but have get- fun. For goodness sake, have fun. Indeed. Yeah, it's not going to be like one of those those like bad cookies they have at Whole Foods where they're like, do you believe that this is made out of flour harvested from the husk of dead dinosaurs? And you're like, yes, I do, because it tastes like plaster. They're like, but it's got no carbs. And I'm like, you know, I guess if I'm going to say anything, just be ready to start writing 23. Just be ready to start writing the number 23 because when you go to date stuff, you're still going to put 22 on it like a dummy. I want to put dubs. I do this every year. I've been checking my digits every day for the past year and now it's it's 23. In the year 2023. Just get ready to write 23 down. Couldn't check his (laughs) dubs. A glorious stage of dubs. I gotta wait fucking 10 more years to be 11 years to check them again. You're gonna have to wait for your hairline to pull back before you can check them doves. It'll be a fun time. Go to battle in 2023 with your head held high and have fun. Amen.